Nothing happens with a click of finger. You have to work so damn hard. You have to think outside the square. You have to know different people. You have to socialize and really build your brand from day dot. I think you need a lot of no's before you get your yes and you you appreciate everything you have. Be nice to everyone because everyone remembers that. You be nice to every single person. Doesn't matter what they do, who they are. You never know what they will do in 10 years time and whether you know you could work together. It's just surrounding yourself with people that understand and being able to switch off but then being in beast mode when you're switching on <laughs> pretty much beast mode beast mode like i'm in i'm working now like this yeah. is me this is the business elise i think with any dream for anyone if you don't think you can do it it won't happen welcome to the seize the yay podcast busy and happy are not the same thing we too rarely question what makes the heart sing we work then we rest but rarely we play and often don't realize there's more than one way so this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore the good bad and ugly the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Today's guest is not only one of the most breathtakingly stunning people I've ever met, but also one of the hardest working, motivated and down to earth despite her many successes. While many of you will know Elise Knowles as a leading Australian model and winner of The Block in 2017 with her legend of a partner Josh, we've known Knowlesy since years before that and she's as humble, outdoorsy and unpretentious now as she always has been. Among a string of impressive achievements in just 26 short years, Elise is an ambassador for Maya, Seafolly, Aveda, Davidoff and Vital Every Day, as well as a charity ambassador for WaterAid. She is also a savvy businesswoman launching her own fashion label Every Day and she and Josh are continuing as a killer renovation duo having recently moved into their second home after selling their completely transformed Coburg home in November last year. If you follow Elise along with nearly a million other people, you'll know she can do full glamour better than most, but prefers to go makeup free by the Murray and loves camping, cleaning up the local beaches, motorbikes and her fur babies Isla and Harlow. To top it all off, she has just released her first beautiful book from me to you, sharing her story, challenges and top tips on beauty, fashion, health and fitness. So excited to have her here to chat more about the book and how she seizes her yay. Thank you so much for joining us today, beautiful Elise. It's so lovely to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. More like it. (laughs) So I love to start with asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them. And in your case, anyone who follows you already knows that you are out of the box in that regard and are always showing behind the scenes. But for those who don't follow you yet, even though there's already like a million people, so most of Australia basically, (laughs) um, what is something that's super down-to-earth about you? Super down-to-earth. Um, I'm a pretty good motorbike rider. I can smash Josh and I'm pretty damn proud of that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that you're such a tomboy. It's like so glam in some scen- like scenarios. So, yeah. and then- I, I change pretty quickly. As soon as um, I'm out of work mode, I'm down into the real nosy mode and that's getting you know, my hands dirty. That's rolling around in mud. I really don't mind. But yeah, our last holiday was motorbike riding 
and the boys were egging me on to do this ramp and even some of the boys hadn't done it and uh i was pretty eager so i gave it a crack <laughs> i smashed got back up and i tried again and then i got it so i was pretty proud of myself oh, that's amazing i remember seeing those videos and being like jesus is there anything you can't do <laughs> oh, in my head i was like oh my god oh my god go 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 <laughs> all right so the first segment that i always start with is your way to yay so obviously now you've reached an amazing stage in your career it's full of highlights and and so many dreams coming true but it's never you know no one's an overnight success it always mm. takes a huge journey to get there and your new book is amazing for sharing you know all the stuff that people forget about that mm-hmm. it takes to get there so can you take us back to the very beginning to young Elise and I hear you were the hell child of your three <laughs> siblings so tell us about yourself when you were younger were you cool at school did you have you know an awkward phase did you what were your first jobs was I cool at school oh <laughs> I don't know. I was one of those shy little girls that would rather hang out with the boys than girls because I just couldn't deal with the crap that came with girls. Um, and I'm still like that now, to be honest. I was a chick that just loved to play basketball, keep the footy. Um, I wasn't that academic and I think I struggled with that and that gave me really low confidence from a young age. So when I first got into modelling, I think that gave me the boost of confidence that I needed to go out and you know, find my avenue. And I found that there's so many different creative jobs out there that you didn't have to be smart for. And I was over the moon. I was like, finally, I've found something that I can do. And hence why I'd love modeling so much. My mum put me in it when I was 10 years old and she would take all the photos herself and we created a little um, portfolio and we loved it. And um, yeah, I, I grew into the woman I am today, but it it took a lot of knockbacks, a lot of strength from internally to have a strong mind, a strong gut, a strong motivation to get anywhere because it was really tough from a strong, uh, a young age and there was no social media or anything to boost your career (laughs) at that age. It was go to a casting with a hundred other girls and see if you get it and 99% of the time you didn't and you get back in the car mum will drive you back to school and you kind of just had to swipe it past you and um, keep going so I think I was um, I was quite a resilient young girl I got put through a lot of tough situation when I was young so now I'm I'm real strong yeah (laughs) that's amazing I can't believe you know it's known as quite a brutal industry that does give you a a tough skin and you do have to grow that in order to survive and and to be the successful you know globally acclaimed model that you are today but I can't believe it started at 10. 10 and I think I was reading um in the book from me to you that you moved to China so your first international gig you were still only 15 which is incredibly young yeah well hence why I wanted to write this book from the start because everyone seems to think that your career is going to, you know, just happen with a click of a finger. And it does these days for a lot of people because it's easier. You mm. know, you can get recognized easier. But I think I did the hard yards and I wanted to prove that, that mm. nothing happens with a click of a finger. You have to work so damn hard. You have to think outside the square. You have to know different people. You have to socialize and really build your brand from day dot. Mm. So hence why I wanted to do this book to show you have to have your own dreams and you have to work really hard to get them because no one else is going to hand it to you on a plate. Yeah, totally. They're not. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this generation growing up, they seem to think that, oh, she got it real easy. I'm going to get it easy. Mm. Uh-uh, honey. You got you to pull your finger out and you got to work for it. Yeah. So. 
yeah, when I was 15, I traveled to Hong Kong. My mum came over with, with me for a month and then I turned 16. That was a huge learning curve for me, traveling when I was so young and being dumped in this crazy industry in a different country, mm. let alone in Australia, where your agency said, it's going to make you, you have to do it. You have to leave school. You're going to have to go for a couple of months. And of course, if someone says it's going to make your career, you do it. Mm. And that's, I was so motivated from a, sung, a young age that I said, all right, here we go. Yeah. Um, and I told my parents that's what I want to do. Um, I learnt a lot and I learnt now that your gut instinct tells a lot. And to someti- sometimes, yeah, agency's not right. Yeah. And for them to send me over there when I was 15 years old, that's not right. But I learnt a lot of life lessons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot. Um, I figured out life pretty damn fast <laughs> and how to travel, how to get to A to B without anyone speaking English. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I did love reading about that stuff at the beginning because, you know, even Nick and I have, you know, known you since before the block and since before all of that stuff and have seen you come in leaps and bounds and just work so hard over the past few years to get the goals that you're kicking this year. You know, it's been years in the making mm-hmm. and you're really one of the first models who I've heard say and who's given me a real insight into how hard it, it is and how much patience you have to have like it does seem very quick and overnight that mm. you know a scout comes and picks you up like a stalk out of you know oblivion and, and drops you in all these roles but for you you know you've been saying that sea folly for example I remember you saying I have worked for so many years for this and I never understood what that meant I was mm. like well you either get it or you don't get it yeah but reading the book and seeing the behind the scenes of like the castings you've been going to since you were 10 mm-hmm. and that's been in your mind and how much you've had to go through and how much rejection you've also had to go to to get mm-hmm. there but also how strategic all your relationships have been and how you've taken really opportunities by the balls to show what you're made of mm-hmm. it's just shone a whole different light on the industry which oh, is oh thanks girl yeah it's been amazing <laughs> because outs- unless you're in it you don't really understand it and it does seem so glamorous on the outside it does seem glamorous but there's moments where you go home and you you got a tear running down your eye and you're like why why didn't i get that i was so close yeah. you know i've been brought up with that every single casting i went to i'm why 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 yeah. Why isn't it me this time? Am I ever going to have my break? And everyone kept saying, you'll have your break, you have your break. You just have to keep trying. And that's what I did. I just kept trying. I had really strong bones because of all the (laughs) knockbacks and I'm grateful for them. It made me a strong woman. Yeah. And, you know, the people that don't have knockbacks or get handed to them either, you know, off parents or off someone, they're not internally strong i think you need a lot of no's before you get your yes and you you appreciate everything you have and yeah yeah, everything right now that's happening i appreciate it so much and i I, yeah taking it in my stride because i know (laughs) yeah that's i've wanted it for so long see folly i always looked at the the women on the campaigns and in the front windows and i wished it was me yeah and now nosey was there (laughs) (laughs) now it's actually happening yeah so you've i mean you've had some huge things this year not just sea folly like that in in itself is you know something that most people would think is a lifelong achievement but you've had like 10 ambassadorships (laughs) this year which is crazy so what else have you done you've done maya you were an ambassador for maya this year uh aveda Mm -hmm. vital every day Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Davidoff perfumes, like just a string of huge achievements. So how do you set those goals? Like once you've set your eye on a particular gig or a particular brand for any aspiring models out there, do you sort of start to position yourself with that team or, you know, how do you go about targeting things that you really want to get in front of? It's a really strategic plan. You, your name is a business. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're trying to build yourself up to be a model or something a bit more than a model where you can put your face to brands, it has to be strategic. So I only align myself to brands that I believe in or we have the same traits. So just say with Vital, I have taken Vital since I was 17 years old. So that aligned with my brand and it's an organic connection. Aveda, they have really beautiful beliefs um, in looking after the environment, all natural ingredients. And I really want to push that in, in the market as well for everyone to be more conscious of what they're using and how is it recyclable? Is mm. it going to harm the environment? So that was a really nice connection. And I love putting my face to brands that are making a difference and mm. they sure are. Maya, I've wanted that since I was young as well mm. and that was on the top of my list and I was working really really hard to get it and Davidoff that was a fluke <laughs> to be honest that was a global campaign and my US agency called me up and said hey you've got this pretty damn good gig it was straight after the block literally finish oh, yeah. filming you're, you're gone and Amazing. I was like oh, holy moly all right going for it I haven't trained for that long but <laughs> um, I'm going for, for it <laughs> But you need to have a plan. You need to sit down with your manager or your best friend that knows you well or your boyfriend and you need to work out what you want. What, what are your brand, what your, what is your brand going to align to and how are you going to help each other? Mm. And that's what I do with my manager now and my best friend Tori and Joshy, my boyfriend mm. and family. And we sit down and go, you know, what do you want next? And I'm like, I don't know what I want next. I'm, I'm so happy. But you need to really think outside the square and what do you want your brand to align to? Um, you know, you've got different categories. So health and fitness, mm. um, food, uh, sportswear, you know, there's so many different categories, fashion. So you're kind of aligning yourself to different categories. And once you've got that, you... You, you know, you tick it off and you hold it on for dear life and you you treat them as family because they are a part of your brand. You really want to work to the, together as a team um, to figure out how things are going to work for them and for you. And I love to have creative control as well. So I can, we can work together as a team and go, all right, what are we going to do next, guys? I have some amazing ideas that I think will work well for your brand. So mm -hmm. I always have every six months or every three months I sit down with the, the label and we, we talk about what do we got coming up? What do we want to do? What activations what do, you, do we want to do? And I think that really works well and the brands really appreciate it because they know that I am 100% invested into them as well. Mm. And it's not just me putting my face to them. It's, you know, it's a combination. We're in it together as a team and, you know, they're investing into me but I'm also investing into them. Well, it seems like you, you take such a proactive approach to everything that you do and also always with the utmost professionalism, which is something, again, you don't ever see on the outside. But then reading the book and seeing the approach you take to everything, it's like there are so many more layers to getting gigs like that. And, you know, you can't get 
once you get in front of people, you can't get those roles unless you're great to work with, unless yeah. you do go above and beyond. It's not just about the look or the face. Mm-mm. That didn't land in your pocket because no. you were just getting a big profile. That was because you'd been working for years and years and years. So to all the aspiring models out there, do keep working hard at it because you have to have a strategy. You can't just yeah. expect all these things no, to come your way. Be nice, everyone, because everyone yeah. remembers that. And I've always had that in my head since I was young. You be nice to every single person. Doesn't matter what they do, who they are. Uh, you never know what they will do in 10 years' time and whether, you know, you could work together or anything like that. But you want to create a fun environment where it's a positive energy. Mm. You don't want to be that model that doesn't smile or just, you know, <laughs> goes there, takes a photo and leaves. You yeah. want to create a relationship. And that's yeah. what the brands appreciate you're a personality you have to have personality and you have to be loved you have to be liked people notice that and people talk yeah yeah especially this industry people talk (laughs) so if you're not nice next two seconds everyone know about it yeah Mm -hmm. well i always say people will never remember what you say or what you do they will always remember how you made them feel and i think in our you know business brands but also our personal brands the feeling that you leave people with is your brand Mm -hmm. you want them to feel a certain way when you leave and that's what keeps people coming back either to a product or to a service or just to you as a person 100 percent. and you've got one opportunity to do that and Mm -hmm. so many people take advantage of that they could just go one tiny bit extra and then cement the future relationship for themselves but they lose you know that chance that's the thing i used to get quite upset where girls would come into this industry you would never see them before and they get this amazing job and you're like how does she get that obviously she's got amazing looks she she got it for her looks Mm. and i would always wonder because i knew they weren't a very nice person Mm. but soon enough give it a year or two and people notice yeah and i kind of think oh man i i feel bad but yeah. it's kind of like you saw it coming i right? saw it coming and i always wondered oh man how did she get that but people really appreciate the energy you bring out and the hard work and if you don't have that if if you don't if you're not a nice person it will come and bite you on the butt Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so you know one would think that all of these achievements are more than enough to keep you busy but speaking of business you also have some entrepreneurial flair of your own uh starting every day which is your own uh label and of course the block which you won with your amazing partner joshy last (laughs) year um and now you guys have continued you've written a book obviously that's been another huge highlight and then you and josh have continued with Josh and Elise to um, be a killer renovation duo, have are on to your second home now, is that right, after selling the second, Coburg home yeah. last year? Mm-hmm. So tell us about how all that unraveled. Like once you'd really committed to the modelling industry, when did you get to that point where things started to branch out a bit more and how did you work that into your life? And how did the block come about and how have things been different since then? A lot of people say that that's when you had your big break but I sort of think you were a household name before that so Mm. (laughs) how do you see it oh that's a touchy subject for me (laughs) (laughs) like I said I've been working on this for a bloody long time but yeah the block was a great way to really enhance my brand because I couldn't hide anything everything was out there everything Mm. was filmed and they can't edit what you say Um, so it was a really scary point for me and I almost didn't do it they gave us about five days' notice before. Oh my god! To figure out your life, um, but then two days before, I, you know, 
shat myself, <laughs> you could say. <laughs> Fair and, enough. I mean, you were going away for 10 weeks, right? Three months. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Three months and then three months on air. But the main thing for me is I had already created my brand and I, I didn't want a TV show to wreck it. I worked so damn hard to elevate myself, to have my name. And a TV show can do anything they want. You know, they can edit any situation. And I just didn't want them to make me into someone I'm not. But on the other hand, it was a really great way to broaden my target market and to get out to a different audience. And that's exactly what it did. It, uh, I got into family homes and I was on television every night at 7 p.m. Um, being a quirky Elise Knowles that was just running around, you know, trying to keep her head on because we weren't sleeping. But yeah, it was a great way to get a different audience and it did benefit me. So I'm rolling with that. <laughs> I started every day when I was, um, can't remember my age, but I, I was 2013. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know more than me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've seen all the tabs in the yeah. book. <laughs> well researched. Um, everything just molds into one in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but I really wanted to create something my of my own, and I love denim. I wear de- denim pretty much every day. So I started with that. I wanted it to be made in Australia, and it was made in Brunswick in Melbourne. But I wanted to give back to a charity as well, so a certain percentage um, of profits went to water aid, mm. which is I'm now an ambassador for water aid. So I still have that relationship with them where I donate to them and I get to travel the world and spreading awareness on how other people can help as well. Every day was, uh, challenging. I was renovating our first home, had nowhere <laughs> to store anything. I was doing all the packaging, all the, you know, customer service and, you know, getting it all out there. And I literally drove myself into the ground because I was trying to work. I was trying to renovate a house that had no walls. I was showering outside. (laughs) I was walking over beams to go get a package. It was just game over. So I did that for a couple of years. But yeah, I I learned what to do and what not to do. And it's all a learning curve. People ask why I'm not doing it now, but I learned that I don't want to do that. Yeah. The fashion, doing fashion for myself wasn't for me. Yeah. But, but it taught you so much. It taught me way. so much. And it taught me that I need to delegate and you can't do it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I always say you can do anything and I truly believe that, but not everything. And yeah, it's a problem when us A-type personalities try and fit it all in and then wipe ourselves out and wonder 100%. why. <laughs> I tend to do that a lot. <laughs> always. <laughs> so speaking of fashion, I know that you are most at home with no makeup by the Murray like in camping mode and I think that was one great thing about the block is that anyone who was under any kind of misconception of you being your typical model who's very funny about makeup and you know uh, you're so relaxed and so chill and I love that that got to the true novelty got to shine through (laughs) and the book reinforces that but when you do have to get all glammed up for an event or an award or something like that what does it take you to get out the door (laughs) do you choose your dresses how much input do you get into all that stuff like for people who you know the average joe like us who don't have that like how does it all work Yeah, so I like to have a say now if I can. So if it's an event that I'm going to promote my brand, Elise Knowles, then I want to wear what I want to wear because you want to be comfortable. You want to, you know your body. You know what shapes work and what shapes don't. So I like to get a stylist involved because it's it can be very stressful. Plus, 
if it doesn't look good, you can kind of blame them a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you chose it, you're like, oh man, damn it, that was my fault. Yeah, all me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all me claiming that one. But yeah, I do like to get a stylist involved. Um, and sometimes I'm going for brands as well. So the brands can work with the stylist and I tell the stylist as well, what are we vibing? What are we doing today? And then you've got also a makeup artist, which is really nice because they know how to paint your face. They know how to make you glow and shine bright. So I, I always do like having your makeup done, especially because you've you got a mil- million cameras on you. Mm. you got film there now. You, the news might be there. So you always want to feel your best because you don't know where the content's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the scary part. Um, so you want to go in there shining bright and you want to feel confident. And I feel like I do that when I'm wearing something that I'm comfortable in. So uh, sometimes you do get put in situations where you don't like it and they're the situations where you end up going to the event for an hour or two saying hello to every everyone, smile and wave and, and then I'm leave. out of there. <laughs> yeah. I am out yeah. and you don't enjoy yourself. Yeah. So hence why having a little bit of contribution into what you want to wear. And makes it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. Some stylists get it, some don't. And they still put you in the high shoes, mankind, when they know that your knees are like 90-year-old women's yeah. grandma knees and, you know, your feet are about to break off. Yeah. Um, they still do it. So I remember reading in the book about you, um, your gig during the Grand Prix last year. When, last year? The year before. Last when year. I was the ambassador? Yeah, for... Three um, years now, I think. Oh, my gosh. Time yeah. Flies. So, Elise was the ambassador for the Grand Prix three years ago. And from the outside, again, so professional. You just walked like ain't no thing, like you were in trainers in these massive heels. But reading now, later, how much pain you were in that whole time having to be on your feet in heels yeah. all day for like the whole amount of what four days four days in gnarly heels my feet were dead set i'm not lying about this they were numb (gasps) for three days after so i couldn't feel my toes oh my and i said i hope i can feel my toes otherwise i'll be banging on your door saying (laughs) lawsuit help me now (laughs) but that's yeah it shows how much heels can screw up your feet i know what other like nitty-gritty behind the scenes and like less glam stuff happens like i know you were on racutane for your skin during the block which is something that I i had no idea like i always think your skin is so perfect and also you know like have you ever fallen on a runway? Like what are all the all the behind the scenes kind of nitty gritty stuff? Yeah, I was on Row Aquitaine through filming of the block and that's something that can really play with the mood. Mm. A lot of people say that and you get really tired. So that was an extra factor that was happening through me with me through filming. But I didn't want to say anything because I wanted to be uh, I didn't want to look like a sucker. I didn't want to look like I was blaming it on something else. So mm. I just rolled with it. Josh knew I was on it and he kind of knew how to deal with me. <laughs> uh, whenever I was cranky, he's like, oh, you need to get off that stuff. And I'm like, it's not the Roaccutane. I'm just really angry at you. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> your fault. <laughs> so that was an extra factor. Um, behind the scenes, I I think a lot of people don't really acknowledge the time invested into um, dealing with clients and emails and mm. sitting on your computer and making sure I'm across absolutely everything. Mm. When I'm not across it, that's when something goes wrong. So I, even though I have a, 
an amazing manager. I still like to know everything that's happening. I still like to write all the content for my blogs and and then it gets edited by my girlfriend that knows me very well and then I read over again and I'm making all the content and things like that so it's it's never ending people just think you rock up to a shoot and then you're done but Mm. no you know you're in the gym for every day and that's the tough part too is Mm. you know sometimes you need a rest and sometimes you're training for a big ass job and you just can't you can't stop you can, but I want to get to a job where I know I've tried my absolute hardest. Mm. And I, you know, I feel my best because I've got about 50, 50, sometimes 70 people looking at me. Jesus. And I'm, you know, rolling around <laughs> in the sand half naked in a yeah. bikini or whatever in clothing. And they're all in puffer jackets. And I'm the one that they're looking at and judging. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I look past it, but those images have to go around the world. So you want to be happy with them. I want to be happy with them. I want to know that I tried my absolute absolute hardest. And that for me, I feel my conf- most confident when I've trained really hard at the gym mm. and I've eaten my best. Yeah. And sometimes that's just doing weight classes and feeling strong. Mm. And I don't mind if I put weight on on the on the scales because mm. I know that's muscle Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But if I'm training really hard. Maybe not during Christmas. Maybe not during Christmas right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, when I'm training, I do a lot of weight classes. So that's muscle. Yeah. So I, d- I don't mind putting on a few. Other girls might think that's weird, but you have to feel strong. You have mm. to feel confident from the inside. And I feel confident when I have gained muscle mm. and I can see results mm. and um, and that's when I'm I'm toned and I've worked out really hard with weight training mm. I think it's it's starting well it seems from the outside at least like it's starting to filter through that strength is a lot more beautiful mm-hmm. than the withering alien kind of like really, really Excuse thin me. look. Yeah, because you don't, your skin doesn't glow. It's not just, I mean, yeah, you're sure you're thin and you look like a waif that most things draped on you look good. But at the same time, you know, people's skin doesn't glow when they're not exercising. When you don't have muscle, you can't work your best. You don't, your brain is a muscle. It's not mm-hmm. hydrated. It's not doing your best work. And I, I love that there seems to be an increasing movement towards more strength and resistance training, less concern about kilograms on the scale, more strength rather than like your visuals um, and then how you feel rather than how you look. Yeah, and it's also building your positive mind frame. Like you said, your brain's a muscle and Mm. pretty much that's the most important thing. If you're not um, in a positive headspace, then you can't take on any mission because you're going to be down in the dumps. So number one, figuring out what makes you happy and how you're going to take on each day um, in a positive light. Mm. And sometimes you really got to step back and go, all right, what makes me happy? What activity is going to make me happy? And what people? Mm. And if there's certain people that aren't, then scrap that out. If there's certain things that aren't making you happy, you know, try and alter that. Um, but yeah, your, your brain is a big muscle that needs working on a lot of the time. And yeah, I take time out a lot of the time as well because I'm sometimes I'm not happy and I need to rethink of why I'm not happy and how, how do I get happy again? Mm. And that's taking time out and just switching off and saying goodbye to everything and just, you know, going camping or going even going for a walk on the beach every morning yeah. and not taking my phone actually putting on a watch so I know the time oh. 
and going for a walk with my dogs and that literally makes me so happy and yeah. I feel refreshed for the day and you can kind of think about the day, what, how you're going to take it on and what you're not going to do and breathe in the environment. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to come back to that. Just the, the simplicity of happiness and how much we forget that all you really need to do is ask what makes you happy and then just do more of it and yeah. then ask what makes you unhappy and do less of it. It's a very mm-hmm. simple equation. So I do want to come back to that. But just quickly, finishing off on Way TA, looking back at all the incredible achievements that you've had in your career, are there any that stand out in particular as like a pinch me moment or as, you know, a moment where you realize I'm successful. Like, do you feel successful? Do you, you're a household name. Do you feel famous? Like, what, oh, how, no. you know what I mean? Like, how do you feel? <laughs> it feels weird. Yeah. Um, I feel the same. Yeah. I just feel like me and I feel like I'm just achieving things in my work life. Yeah. Just like any other person that has dreams within their work life. They just, you know, you're ticking things off. It does feel weird when, you know, You'll be at the beach and next minute you see a photo of you online and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> that's never, my butt. <laughs> that's my butt. Or oh, you're never actually alone. Uh, yeah. I think that's where it gets a bit weird. And I think that's where, especially Josh, he struggles with that a lot because yeah. he he doesn't really like it. He, I don't really like it either. But, you know, you got to take it in your stride. Otherwise, it becomes a negative thing. But Josh is very much keeps to himself. He likes private life. And I like coming home to that too. Mm. I love his way of life because it makes me very grounded. And, you know, if I'm sad or, you know, upset about something, I'll tell him and he goes, mate, why are you worried about that? <laughs> you know, that's not the real world. And yeah. true, why are we worried about half of these things? Yeah. You know, we're all individuals. We're all powerful. We're all amazing in our own right. Mm. It's just taking on your own journey and making sure you're not living through other people. Yeah, totally. And that's what Josh always reminds me of. And What a legend. Yeah. Oh, Joshy. Joshy. <laughs> I think we all forget it sometimes though, is have your own missions, have your own dreams. Stop. Forget about her or him. You know, write down your own, sit down, brainstorm with your closest people, that family, your friends, your boyfriend, and work out your mission. Mm. What's your mission? What do you want to do? You know, you might be working in an office, but what what category do you want to move into? You know, can you study more? You know, we've all got different things we can do, mm. but it's, yeah, it's all your own brand and it's just working on your own missions and trying to tick them off. Yeah, and I think you've, I think the, probably because you did start your career so early, you've got such a head start on anyone else. Like to anyone else who's listening out there, Elise is 26 years old. Like what the actual fuck? (laughs) 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 But you know, and most of us, people do get to that stage where they realize they're on their own journey and they shed the comparison and start to come into their own. But it generally doesn't happen as early as it has for you, which is absolutely incredible Mm -hmm. to see. Um, And you're such a great role model for all young women in that regard. But I know it does take a lot to get to that stage. Yeah. You don't just kind of, well, very, very few people wake up, especially women, comfortable in their own shoes. Mm-mm. You just, it takes so much to get there. So the next segment is called NADTA, which is all the stuff that gets in the way of your happiness, all the th- challenges and obstacles you've had to encounter along the way. So 
What have some of those been? I can imagine in the modelling industry that the rejection is quite brutal and the focus on your physical appearance and the amount of castings you go to and the way that, you know, there's, it's so competitive and everything's, there is so much comparison. What are the challenges that you've faced um, and how have you kind of come through them? Do you get anxiety? Do you, um, you know, you've had skin problems, um, body confidence and self-esteem is a huge thing. How has that all played out for you? Yeah, you go through different stages throughout your life. Um, I went through, even now, I'm still going through skin dramas and I don't know why. I went throughout high school getting through scot-free. I'm like, oh, man, I got through that epic. (laughs) Whereas my brother and sister had, you know, bad acne throughout high school. But now I don't have bad acne, but I've just had troubled skin. And I, yeah, that's something I still deal with. And I try not to wear as much makeup, but then my job involves wearing heavy makeup all the time. So that's obviously something I'm working on. When I was growing up, I, yeah, I've got a curvier, curvy body, whereas I, I've got hips that go out. And I thought that was an issue, but really that's just... It's, it's a positive thing mm. and I didn't see it as a positive thing because if I put on weight, that's where all the weight would go and obviously when you're growing into a teenager, you're getting boobs, you're getting butt, but I got hips. So. Some people are getting boobs. Mine still haven't come in. But that's fine. <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah. it's still There's coming. still hope. <laughs> Pregnancy. Maybe. Yeah, when, when the milk comes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the hips were a thing for me and I think when I was growing up, that's when social media came into play and I saw all these amazing women with beautiful bodies and I think that's when it hit hard for me as well. I said, why can't I have that or Mm. what do I need to do? And people still go through that now and it's just accepting your body, that you're an individual. We've all got things that we like and don't like. Mm. It's just, you know, making it into a positive somehow. Yeah, so I had the, the whole hip thing. Even when I was younger, I had massive eyebrows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> massive, like a monobrow. Hey. No. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I got teased for that so much when I was younger. And... Then I went through a stage of just plucking them all away and I had literally one line. <laughs> yeah, sexy. Yeah. I remember that. That was like early 2000s, yeah. like late, late 2000s. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did my first test shoot and the makeup artist said, you know, big eyebrows are in. You're, you're killing your eyebrows. They won't come back if you keep going. And then next minute I stopped and because I wanted to be a big model. I wanted to have the bushy eyebrows because, you know, she showed me all these amazing, huge global mo- models with bushy eyebrows. So it's just, you know, people can inspire others and she inspired me to stop <laughs> plucking in them away. What other troubles? I think a big issue is comparison. I talk about that a lot in the book is how to cut out the comparison. That's one of the pages I have tabbed all over the place. And there's yeah. also chapter four, which is full of tips for aspiring models on how to grow the skin that mm-hmm. will get you through. Grow them thick. Um, yeah, it's accepting yourself, knowing that we're all different and um, loving yourself, silly. I think we all forget to do that sometimes. Mm. It's just, yeah, you're amazing. So she's different. She's completely different to you. She's got elements that she likes, she doesn't like as well. So it's just taking it on board, rolling with it and accepting it. Mm. So that was, I think, when social media first came in for the first year or two, that was something that I was dealing with as well. And I, I like to kind of, 
keep behind closed doors. I don't say anything, but sometimes that can burn me even more because I keep everything internal mm. and I don't talk to anyone and I don't, yeah, I don't talk even to my family. I wouldn't say anything. I kind of just keep it all in and I'll be like, no, shut up. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> all your family do, uh, all of Elisa's family have like little segments of Q&A in the book, like little guest appearances. And all of them talk about like when Elise is grumpy, do not talk to Elise. <laughs> exactly. Because it's just internal and then it's explosion. <laughs> or Joshy. Well, it's a build up of everything. And then it all comes out. <laughs> oh, I hear you, babe. I yeah, you. and then the tears roll and yeah. everything. And Josh is like, oh, my God, oh, no. here Once we go. Once a month, Nick's like, I'm going out. Yep. <laughs> Literally. He's like, are you about to get your period? I'm like, no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so how do you deal with that privacy aspect of the fact that you do want to share so much of your life to show that you're relatable and to be a really good role model and not to only show the work side that's quite glamorous but you also want to keep something for yourself preserve your relationship because that can put a lot of pressure on you also be able to go down the beach and not have people like run after you and take photos how do you deal with that and you know like have you had haters or have you had any intrusions like that that have been really difficult for you to navigate no i haven't had any intrusions yeah, you know, straight after the show, there was quite a lot of people that would be out the front of your house with cameras and all that, and oh that was God, that is so weird happening for a long time, Jesus. and that was very invasive. Yeah, um, so that was something you had to get used to. Yeah, I don't know, it's a difficult one. Um, it's, it's separating your your real life to your work life, mm. but like you said, still showing that you're relatable. And even this morning, I was going, oh man, I haven't posted anything in a few days. And I don't know what to post and I really don't care, but I don't want to post anything that's work life, but I haven't taken any photos of my personal life because when I'm in my personal life, I don't want to have my phone on me. Oh, I don't want to be taking a photo of everything I do. Yeah. And yeah, I really, I really kind of committed to that, that I don't want to have to showcase my whole life. Mm. So it, it's a really tricky, you know, you want to be in it but you don't want to be in it you have to have a level playing field and yeah I think Josh and I fight the most over can you just take a photo of this and he's like no I am not doing that so he's not an insta husband won't do it no okay won't well depends if I'm in the good books I'm not We're the same. Yeah. yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hardly have any photos on my phone of personal life apart from dogs. So I love that the dogs are always featured. That's, that's such a beautiful part of showing that you're just a normal person. And I think it is so hard because most of us do want to just have a real life without our phones in our hands all the time. But also social media does have such a positive side of being mm. able to build your brand and mm-hmm. build it in a positive way and share a message. And like for me, I... I quit my job and started a whole new life because of it but at the same time I'm like I want to put into it but I also want to like live life not through a screen and you know yeah. finding that balance can be Happy so medium. difficult yeah it is really difficult but yeah it's just surrounding yourself with people that understand and being able to switch off but then being in beast mode when you're switching on <laughs> pretty much beast mode beast mode like I'm in I'm working now like this yeah. is me this is the business Elise and then this is the chilled Elise at oh, home every time I see you now at work I'm gonna be like she's in beast mode, beast mode. Yeah. <laughs> 
So because you do travel so much for work, um, I find, you know, you're mentioning about skin. I find that my skin just goes nuts when I'm on planes all the time because the cabin pressure is just like gross Mm -hmm. Um, and different water and different climates. How does your body deal with the burnout of like doing so much stuff and being so outwards all the time and like everyone wants a piece of you. How do you find your own time? Like you do have to put in a lot of FaceTime at events and things to be like give back to the community and mm-hmm. also to the businesses that you're working with. But then you also like there's only one of you, right? Yeah. When when you're on, you're on. Yeah. So How if I'm you... away, I'm every single day is jam packed, and I'll have twelve interviews I have to go to and oh, attend, and then you've got get ready and go to an event, and you have to present at an event. And that's just your brain is fried, and it's you're on. So you're you're smiling, you're happy, you're positive, and then you literally go back to your room and you're like, oh my god, not again <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, I just went through a stint where I was in Sydney for a week, and then I literally flew home Saturday night after work and had to fly back to Sydney on Sunday night. But I did that just so I could have a little piece of normality. Mm. And that's coming home to Josh and the dogs and going for a walk and going for brekkie and making sure I'm investing into our relationship too because it does, it, it's hard on them as well. And if you're not seeing each other, it's just FaceTime, like it, it can get difficult. So I, I came home just to refresh, went back again. And oh, to be honest, when I it's the end of the year right so we're exhausted yeah. everyone is everyone's crawling to the end but that sunday when i had to get back in that bloody car and go to the airport i literally i was exhausted game over yeah i just cried i, just, <laughs> oh, I don't want to go <laughs> i don't want to go at all but i had all these things booked in but it's just going you know once you're in the car you're fine yeah and i kind of had tears rolling down my eye and yeah. drivers looking at me going are you okay i'm like <laughs> Don't ask. Do yeah. not ask. Do not open the floodgate. Because <laughs> they're flowing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. You it's get fu- through. You get through. Yeah. We all get through. It's just um, sometimes it's tougher than others. Yeah. But, yeah, flying for me, sleeping whenever you can. You literally be that person, you know, with your mouth open, falling asleep. That's me, hey. Just trying to get a nap whenever I can. Try and travel with food. If I'm going from home to the airport, I always have a cooked dinner with me so I can eat normal food, not stupid plain food. But by the time you get there, it's 9 p.m. and you have, you know, you don't want to eat then or you shouldn't really. So Mm. I try and pack dinners, pack snacks and tell your clients that you don't want to be eating crap you want to eat good food because this is you every day Mm. you're going to the next shoot the next day and they're they're all excited about their shoot and they got lollies and chocolate and you know (laughs) a dessert bar (laughs) sandwiches and you know burgers and you're like hell no do you think i look like this from (laughs) that no (laughs) well they get super excited about their shoot day as they should be but they get all these you know sweets and everything i'm like just don't put them near me because (laughs) i'm seeing this every single day yeah of course and my head you know i'm not headstrong with that stuff Um, are you a sweet tooth oh yeah (laughs) am i a sweet tooth yeah so if i'm if i'm to treat myself it's with sweets yeah lollies or cakes 
chocolate. Oh, yeah. you're a chocky girl. I was a lolly girl, but I, now I feel sick from it. I think because I ate too many in my yeah. past life. <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> I ruined it. I'm hoping that I'll ruin chocolate one day too. <laughs> I don't think that will ever happen. So <sighs> chapter five of the book is all about health and wellness. And you mentioned that, you know, going to the gym and getting strong is a really big part of your confidence. And, you know, if you know that you've done the best for yourself and you've looked after yourself, then it's easier to quieten those self-esteem issues that come into every woman's head all the time how do you keep yourself in shape so do you train every day do you how many hours of sleep do you get a night are you big on hydration like what are your kind of tips for getting through well if i have got a normal schedule at home i'm in bed by 9 30 actually last night i got home and i had a really late night getting my hair coloured. <laughs> and I got home, it was 9 o'clock and Josh was in bed. <laughs> so I've trained like him that. well. Yeah. But I'm up early in the morning. I'm up at 6, going to the gym by 6.45. And I'm either doing a weights class, um, upper body or lower body, or I'm doing an energised class where that's a bit more intense in, you could say, cardio. But we're still, you know, doing weights in there as well. Um and that just starts my day on the right in the right way and puts me in a positive light to take on the day, go home, have a healthy breakfast, and food's a really big thing with me. Mm-hmm. As soon as I start eating crap, that's when my energy goes down and I'm in a negative mood. So having healthy food on hand, uh, my, my fridge doesn't have anything unhealthy. If I want something unhealthy, then I have to physically walk down the street to go get it there's a barrier <laughs> there's a barrier in between us can i be bothered walking down the street to go get it yes <laughs> but i have to think about it yeah. um because josh and i are the same if there's a block of chocolate it'll be You'll gone yeah the whole thing will be gone <laughs> but balance is key right yeah um yeah so exercising for me is just a part of what i do to feel positive but if I haven't been in the mood. I feel like I'm at the end of the year where I'm really winding down and I don't have to train for jobs. People right now are training to look the best for summer. Amazing. But I'm like, man, I don't have to train for anything. Yeah, I got nothing lined up. I've got nothing, no jobs lined up. I'm taking January off. I'm just going to switch off and be chill. Yeah. And I'm not, yeah, I'm hell for leather the whole entire year. Yeah. And I've got jobs lined up in my brain in my diary and I know I have to look my best for so I I'm going crazy over that but this time of year I'm just chill and I'm so happy like I have been to gym twice this week doing weights and I'm still burning from it but twice (laughs) whereas I would go six times a week when you've got job when when you're in the middle of beast mode when I'm in the middle of beast (laughs) mode it's six times a week sometimes a, uh, energized class in the, in the morning and then straight after a weights class mm. so oh i'm God, like i'm machine. going for it and then i come home and then i walk the dogs for an hour and i come home and i'm exhausted but now i just walk the dogs every day and um i do a weight class whenever i can yeah. um so every day is different depends how you feel depends what you're motivated for yeah at the moment i'm motivated for um the christmas break. <laughs> and uh, eating food and uh sitting on the beach and doing nothing mm. I love that you 
do give yourself January? Like, I'm sure you could fill the entire year with jobs if you wanted to, but I love that you have quarantined it and are making sure that, like, that's your time to recharge because yeah. you can't make the distance without it. Well, you know how we go through primary school and we always had January off? Yes. <laughs> You're like, I can't survive without I've it. i still got that in my brain. And my family's <laughs> like, um, you do know you're 26 and you're not in primary school anymore and you can't have the whole gen off. I'm like, actually, I can. Watch me. <laughs> Watch me. I've still got it you know, entwined in my head that I can have the whole month of Jen off. And I just notify all my clients. That's what's happening. That's how I get refreshed for the whole entire year. And then I get slammed again. So I think if you plan far enough in advance and you just put those boundaries in, people respect them. It's more if yeah. you don't put them up. People are like, I can't take a break. And it's because you didn't tell anyone you were taking a break. That's why. Exactly. So that leads me to our final segment, which is called Play TA. And it's the bit that I love the most because I think we all focus so much on what we do, what we achieve, what our outputs are. And, you know, when you first introduce yourself to someone, they ask what your name is and what you do. They're never like, what do you enjoy? What makes you happy? What are your hobbies? We never get to that. It's always like, what have you achieved this year? Yeah. How many houses do you have? What's your portfolio like? Like that yeah. kind of chat. So... That's always separated from does it actually make you happy? Like are you doing something you love or are you just doing what you think society thinks that you should be doing? So for you, do you get happiness from your work? Like if money and time was no object, is this what you would be doing? 100%. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah. I've been brought up with it and that's what I love. I love that it, I get to work with creative people every, and different people every single day, different location, new clients, Um and we all have this creative uh, flair mm. and I make sure that I'm across all that as well. Like I'm always asking the photographer, is that the right light or do you reckon we should be doing this <laughs> or, you know, how are we going to make the best outcome? And we work together as a team and they they love it because sometimes we, we all have fresh ideas. We all know, you know, what works best. So. Yeah, I, I always have a really close relationship with photographers because um, I'm so invested into their job as well. Mm. And like you said, yeah, what do you want to do? And I think with the whole modeling thing when I was growing up, people, people, I had this thought in my head that people thought I had to be away for a certain amount of time to be something or to be a, achieve something. And I was busting my chops and all I wanted to do is come home. And I've had that multiple times overseas. I go to America all the time and all I want – sometimes you get to a point and you're like, I just want to come home. But mm. when I was younger, I always thought, oh, man, I said I was going to be here for three months. I have to be here for three months. Even if it, you're in having you the shittest it. time, you're hating it. But you try and, you know, live it out. Whereas I should have just come home because that would have made me happy. Yeah. And there's certain points like that where you need to listen to your body. And you need to stop proving to everyone else what you should be doing, but just do what you, you know, what you think you should be doing. And mm. I see it all the time, you know, people just moving overseas because they think they should do it to enhance their profile. But do they want to do that? Sometimes I think no. Yeah, it's just what they should. It's what they should. Uh, people always say to me, would you move overseas to do modeling? And I, I've tried it so many times and no, I don't. I love Australia and I love home and I love Josh and I love my dogs and I love my family. So <laughs> I don't want to move overseas and people keep saying, oh, it will take you to the next level, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Like I am 
so content here. I'm so happy with everything I've achieved and I've, I can do so much more here. I'd rather be more of an iconic Australian model than someone that's gone and taken on the modeling industry over the world that becomes a part of the million girls and you, you're not known over there. Yeah. You have to start again. And I've worked so damn hard to get to where you are. Get to where I am here in Australia. And I love it. And I, it takes a lot of strength to go, no, or that's what they want me to do, but I'm not going to do that. I don't want it. So having the strength to say what you want is really important and stop living in the fake life that you think you should just live a life that you want to live oh completely i had yeah. that i was speaking to um the girls at the shameless podcast so <laughs> um they were asking me about you know at the time when i was going to leave the law firm and i'd gotten one of the seven judges associateships with the chief justice of the high court to start it's like the most coveted prestigious thing you can get basically in a law degree in a law career and i was like Everything is pushing me to say, take this opportunity. It's amazing. Mm. But I was like, I can't think of anything worse. Exactly. Like day to day. In theory, that's great. And if I finished it at the end, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's great to have on my CV. But every day of it, I would have hated. Yeah. And it Are just comes happy? down to like, yeah, do I want that? Mm -hmm. No, I'm just doing it because like people think it's cool. But yeah. is it actually like, do I want, I would have had to live in Canberra. Yeah. Like, I, why would I do that if I have a great family and dog? And It's the same thing with social media, I think. People think they have to do certain things to look a certain way and they have to post this. They have to post, you know, sexy images of themselves <laughs> the whole entire time. Do you have to do that? No. Do you have to put yourself on show the whole entire time or do you have to be a certain image like that? I, I think you just need to just what, be yourself. Be yourself. What makes you happy? And people love the real you, not the fake you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're giving a lot of people the courage to do that because there are times when you're not fitting in the mold of a, t a typical Australian iconic model. You're just like, fuck it, I'm going to go camping and like mm. throw shockers at everyone. Like that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've, I've gone through agencies in my life and they've tried to mold me into what they want me to be. Mm. And I've pushed against it and I've always said I'm going to be nosy. Yeah. And you can't take that out of me. Yeah, that's and amazing. You can tell that in the way they talk. Like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I am always gonna have that little twang and like talking smack. That's me, and you can't take that out of me. Which is the best part of you. I yeah, love it so much. and people, yeah, they try to mold you into someone you're not, and you don't need to be around that. Hence, why moving. Nah. Don't you're not meant it. to be in my life. You're not meant to be rep representing me because you don't believe in me and you don't like me for who I am. Yeah. So bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> so in that month of the year when you're not beast mode nosy, who is Elise outside of work? Like what is your identity outside of work? You mentioned that you love camping. You love – I know you and Joshy clean up the beaches. Like what's your ideal date night together and what's your go-to when you're just unwinding? Like do you find it really hard to relax? Do you guys – do you watch TV? How do you kind of chill? I try not to watch TV. I like to put music on mm -hmm. and I like to cook. Every Saturday for me is starting the week right and we, Josh and I love going to the South Melbourne market oh, and cute. we go with our bags and we buy all our fresh produce and we get a chai on the way or a smoothie. <laughs> That's, I love that. I love going out for brekkie. I love getting out in nature 
going camping, going motorbike riding. And water sports. Water sports. <laughs> You're amazing at it. I'm going, always like, I would kill myself if I tried uh-huh. that. Going on a road trip, just doing something different to swap it up, getting out of Melbourne, mm. like whether you just go down the coast for a couple of days or a night. Um, we sleep in the back of Josh's van <laughs> with so the dogs, <laughs> put a fire on, you know, sometimes you're down a sneaky street where, you know, a dirt road down the beach, you, you know, you just sleep in there and next morning you get up and go surfing. Um, that's how I switch off in the afternoons. I love going for a walk on the beach on sunset, dogs running around and we either go for a walk or we just sit there and actually talk, actually communicate on how's your day, you know, what Mm. have you been doing, how do you feel or is there something happening that I should know about because we get so caught up with we think everyone's day is fine but actually have a conversation. How, How are you today? And getting depth into it. And I talk about it with Josh all the time. Actually, we need to stop. We need to talk about your feelings and we need to talk about, other things other than work as well Mm, totally so you're not your home life isn't about work and I've I've learned that a lot because I was I'm so invested into me (laughs) that sounded weird I'm so invested (laughs) into my work not me Um, (laughs) and so invested into my work that my brain just ticks a million miles an hour and what I could be doing, what I should be doing. Is it okay? Is it not okay? What do I want? What do I need to be doing next? Mm. And I need to switch off from that. I need to stop and talk about other things. So it's important to not have phones, you know, at dinner time, you know, talk to one another, appreciate your food, appreciate each other and just have a moment. Do you guys have plans for a family? Yeah, I love kids. I would have kids now, but (laughs) I've got a few more dreams to tick off. What are those? What are your big, big dreams? Like in, you know in your ultimate bucket list of like that would actually make my life I could retire now what are those for you <laughs> I hate to say it because I always put pressure on myself yeah no that, and I then totally if it, if it happens or it, or if it doesn't happen I it kind of makes it more yeah but you've got them in your mind yeah. you don't have to share them yeah <laughs> I, I kind of I've been brought up to think like that because my mum would always get excited about a job and go, oh, my God, this could be amazing. And then I didn't get it. And then it would be worse. And mum would have to say, are you okay? I'm... But I would be totally fine because I just didn't get my heart set on it. Yeah. And yeah. I've learned to do that over the years is don't get excited about anything until the dotted line is signed. Yeah. And then it's happening. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm the same. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> next year, oh, Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I've always had this dream as if I could even go watch VS or... I knew that was one of them. Oh, man, if I could bloody walk in it, that would be... I'd retire there. I Just am... Boots down. I'm out. I swear there must be somewhere I can put money on the fact that one day oh. there will be Elise Niles in full wings oh, on no. the VS runway. I'm, I'm getting up. old, man. I haven't got long to go. Oh, yeah. so. oh, way over the hill, babe. Way over the hill. No, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Oh. That would be amazing. I wouldn't be, but if it doesn't happen, who cares? I, even if I could just go and watch. <laughs> and just oh. stand near the runway. I can feel it. Yeah. Touch me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> but, yeah, I've grown up watching that 
that show with a tear rolling down my eye going, I want that so bad. <laughs> Why? Um, I have very, very high hopes that that would be no, in your future. So I don't. Fingers and toes crossed for you. I don't. <laughs> if anyway. anyone could make it happen, you you could. <laughs> well, you got to find – got to have a <laughs> – got to have a positive light about it. Otherwise, you won't find your direction or your path to yeah. get there. That's the, I think with any dream for anyone, if you don't think you can do it, it won't happen. But if you, you think you can, you'll find a way. Well, you know. <laughs> you'll, you'll find a way to do your best to do get Do your there. best. <laughs> exactly. You know. I also think sometimes if you do say it out loud, you never know who might have heard that. Mm-hmm. But if you never put it out there then oh the person God. might not know that that's what you wanted. You know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes you do have to say it and maybe there's a Victoria's Secret Scout listening to this yeah. podcast. Oh my God. Hence that. So uh, two years ago I was in the US and I was oh, having a bit of shitty time and I was over it. I just wanted to come home. Another one of those times where yeah. I should have just come home. But I was filling out an interview on my phone and all these questions. Who would you have at your dinner table if you had this dinner party? And I wrote down... Um, two Victoria's Secret models and then the head booker of um, Victoria's Secret, Ed. Next minute, he private messaged me on <gasps> Instagram and I dropped. I just went, what? <laughs> but you never know. Yeah. If you put it out there, you know, you never know who you might meet or who you might talk to or what opportunities might come up. So, yeah, anyway, me and my good friend Josie, she's a photographer. Oh, like and- Josie Clough. Josie Klopp, yeah. yeah. We were together in, um, oh, we were actually in Hawaii for a job together. And I, it was <laughs> 12 o'clock at night. And I literally ran into her room knocking on the door, Josie, Josie, <laughs> oh my God. And then we kind of worked out a message we could write back. And, oh, you write the funny. draft a couple of times. Yeah. And- <laughs> I was like, you write it, you write it. I can't spell, you write. <laughs> Imagine if I sent this long message with all these uh, spelling mistakes. That would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Nolsey. Hey. There are actually none in your book. Very impressive. Well, I didn't do the edit, so yeah. there you go. They do an epic spell check on that, and there was a lot of them. <laughs> uh, well, just to finish up, I love to ask everyone what three interesting things are about them that don't usually come up in these kinds of interviews. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you've read the book, there are plenty in there. So one of them is that you have a handbag named Avocado. What are two other really interesting, quirky things about you? Any tattoos or allergies or random experiences? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> all I can think of is really wild stuff that I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> um, okay, random things. Oh. Yeah, my bag's called avocado. That's because I really love it and I love avocado too. And it's an avocado colour. Um, it's a pretty great bag. Great name for a great bag. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, what's some wild things? I always get stuck on this question. Um, I think a lot of people do because they're so used to saying the stuff they always get asked and then suddenly you ask them, pick something you never get asked. And it's yeah. like, oh. And there's so many things. Like one of them, Christina Carlson, who founded Kiki K, was like, I get an itchy throat when I eat raw carrots. Like, so, it was so wow. random. But I was like, that's interesting. Like, people yeah. love hearing that stuff. Oh, wow. okay. Well, I can't have chickpeas, lentils, beans, anything like that because I will be wild. Watch out. Nice. I'll have a baby in my belly and Josh will be running away and I'll be doing some <laughs> fart bombs under the donut. <laughs> Classy, babe. Classy. Dutch oven for Joshy. 
there you go. You asked for it. He loves it. That was he a good one. He never wants me to eat chickpeas or beans. Oh, that's so odd, but they're so great. Aren't they? Um, Joshy would probably be a good one because he knows some weird I should have asked stuff. him. Yeah, it's like the newlyweds game where you ask each other. Yeah. Um, I have a mole on my belly that's called Coco Pop. I didn't know she had a name. Yeah, Coco Pop. looks oh, like a that's sweet. Coco Pops. It's like um, your signature. I love it. Yeah. I've got cysts on my eyeballs. Oh. Yeah. I'm actually having one removed on Monday. Shit. Mm. Are they dangerous or uh, like, do they they're hurt? They're from sun damage. So I swear really? it's from being blinded when I was you know, growing up in this industry with reflectors. So the, oh my god! Always been outside shooting. So they always say, "Open your eyes, you know. Look into the sun, you know. Look like you're enjoying the sun, <sighs> soaking it up. Open your eyes." And I, yeah, I've just got burnt eyeballs, and it's had. Oh my god! Now I've got growths on them, and um, yeah, a lot of surfers get it as well because they now have sunglasses on when they're in the water, yeah, and the reflection hurts your eyes. <sighs> like an OH&S of the modeling industry. Yeah. Wow. Well, that mm-hmm. was interesting. <laughs> so I always look like I'm stoned or I'm tired. <laughs> oh. I always go to a job. Oh, well, you were right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I'm sweet. Why? He's like, mm, you look very tired or stoned. I'm like, well. number one, I don't touch drugs. I never smoked in my life. I am fine. It's just my stupid red eyeballs. <laughs> oh, well, I hope it goes well. Oh, no, <laughs> we'll be you. <laughs> And the final question, since I love motivational quotes so much, just to leave everyone with a bit of something to help them seize their yay, what is your favourite motivational mm, quote? It's a bit corny, but if a boy can do it, I can do it. That's such a good yeah, one. I feel like us girls are turned into pritzy little things and, you know, oh, a boy has to do that. A boy has to dig a hole or a boy has to go empty the camping toilet. <laughs> I'd love him to do that, but yeah, if a boy can do it, I can do it. You know, if a boy can do a jump on a motorbike or if a boy can build something, I'll be like, hey, Josh, give me that. I want to try and do it. Yeah, that's why the block was so entertaining because he would just like, takes no prisoners. You're like, I am in full beast mode right now. Well, do you know they didn't use half of it and I was spewing because every time... uh, You know, I would always jump in and try and do something extra and show that I was hands-on. And half of it didn't even make it. it. So I was like, man, I busted my chops to try and do absolutely everything. And they only used like an inch of it. Oh, mate. Anyway, well, still, Uh, (laughs) at least you saw some of it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining, Nolsey. This was absolutely amazing. Thanks for sharing so openly. Thanks for having me. And well done, girlfriend. You are killing it at life and you're giving it a a red hot crack. And that's what we all love to see. Oh, thanks, girl. (laughs) Um, Well, I will definitely share links to where you can buy the book. So much information, so many practical tips and tricks and so much insight into the behind the scenes. I found it so interesting and I'm sure it will inspire and motivate lots of people out there mm-hmm. i'll put the link in for that and then of course how you can follow nolsey and links to her blog and website and everything and all the things <laughs> gotta love that twang i absolutely love the huge contrast between her model life and down-to-earth nolsey in the flesh i hope you enjoyed getting to know elise a little better and i'm sure you'll be watching as closely as i am as her incredible career continues to unfold links to her beautiful book from me to you will be in the show notes along with her blog and various other social links and please do subscribe if you haven't already to get your weekly dose of yay and of course if you haven't 
haven't done so already, please screenshot this episode while you're listening. Do it right now and tag us both sharing your top learning or top lesson, top takeaway, any kind of impression or thought that you've had during this episode to win one of the few Seize the Yay quote of the day flip books that are left. They have absolutely been flying out the door. So I hope many of you have one waiting for you in your Christmas stocking. Such an exciting time of year, the silly season, and there is still time to get a few. Hopefully they will make it to you before Christmas. If not, I hope that you can keep seizing your yay through the podcast, which is going to continue, of course, over the Christmas period. Thought about taking a few weeks off, but we've got too many exciting guests already lined up. So I can't wait to share those. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. And I hope you're seizing your yay.